Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another exciting, adventurous, action-packed, fun-filled episode of Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined by my good friend and yours, Mr. Lex Friedman. Hi, Mr. Dave Wiskus. Hi, Mr. Lex Friedman. And a uh, very special guest today. I'm, I'm going to... You just said it. I hope I get this right. You can do Jared this. Moshe. Yes. Yeah, nailed it. Hi, Jared. Thanks for coming. Thank you. To our home where we record Unprofessional. He's right here. <laughs> We're all holding hands, actually. Jared, tell the people, tell the unprofessional audience who you are. I am the writer-director of Dead Man's Burden, um, uh, independent Western that is opening in New York uh, tomorrow, or I guess this weekend, or May 3rd, Friday, because I don't know when this is airing. <laughs> and then what, at, where will people be able to see it? Besides the New York Open. It's going to be in New York and Dallas, and then it's going to uh, roll out nationwide from there, and will be available on home video and VOD and iTunes and all that fun stuff in June. Wow. Awesome. Yes. Is it going to be on Netflix? Uh, Probably will be on Netflix. I don't know for a fact at the time. I think there's always some business things about where it ends up between Netflix and like HBO and all those places. Independent Western. That's interesting. Come on. Yeah. It's a Western. What else do you have to know? Well, I, I just know that once you go independent, I'm just never watching a dependent Western ever again. A codependent Western? Yeah, I'm never watching a codependent Western. You should. You should do a doubleheader with a codependent Western. <laughs> <laughs> they work together. Yeah, it's perfect. How do you get into Westerns in general? Because for me, I spent a large portion of my childhood hating Westerns uh, for no good reason. And then it was only like in my, I would say, college time that I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to watch a Western and see if I like it. And I got into it, like thanks to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> but how did, how did you get into Westerns initially? Um, I used to watch them growing up. Uh, I think probably watching like TCM. You know, they just sort of would blast a lot of Westerns all the time. Uh, I'm like a huge history buff in general, so I think that sort of appealed to me and the mythology of the era. Uh, it's, there's something, I don't know, there's something that just sort of is really special to me about the idea of a cowboy, you know, riding tall in the saddle. I don't know how to describe it. It's the mythic epic nature. It's the myth of America. Yeah, it's very uniquely American. It is. But, you know, every culture has its own sort of variation on the Western, you know, in Japan, it's samurai films, in Eastern in Europe, it's you know the medieval knights, it's Robin Hood, and those stories are strangely interchangeable. That's how you have Seven Samurai and uh, you know the Magnificent Seven being almost like the same movie. You could do Star Wars as a western. Star Wars is kind of a western. I don't know if the new Star Wars movies that J.J. Abrams are going to do are going to be westerns. I feel like that won't be the case. I hope there's lots of lens flare. I feel like J.J. Abrams proved he's not a master of the western when there was that episode of Lost. I mean, a great episode of Lost but with a terrible title where even the best cowboys have daddy issues. I was not okay with that episode title for Lost. I'm just throwing that out there. You judge the show by its episode titles? I judge the show by its shitty final seasons, but anyway, I didn't like that episode title. Yeah, I feel like of all the things to complain about with Lost, uh, the episode titles are pretty far down the list. So now I got to know, Jared, did you love, loathe, or somewhere in between (laughs) Lost? I... Very timely conversation. I, uh, oh God, I really love lost until the last episode and then i hated it hated it hated it hated it felt like it was a big fuck you to everyone who spent the last seven seasons (laughs) watching it see i i would say that my hate for it started a little before the end when i started to realize there's no time left they have there they there's no way to wrap this up to my satisfaction in the final episode because i can see we are continually raising more questions and i i'll bitch about this to anyone at any time i think it's okay not to solve every mystery you create i'm fine with that but i think that it is cheap 
and and facile story writing you can quote me on that to say <laughs> i'm just going to keep creating as many mysteries as i want and not bother paying any of them off because anybody can create mysteries it's it's having mystery that you also can solve that's you know complicated storytelling Right. This is why the first season of Heroes worked so well, because they did a good job of every episode, introduced a new mystery, paid off an older mystery, and continued the overall season mythology. Yeah, I mean... And and you have to do all three of those things. And then they tried to repeat that in the second season of the exact same thing, and it didn't work at all. Right, because they lost uh, their best writer. Oh, okay. That would make sense. I didn't realize that's why it went to hell. Okay, what was, I'm totally blanking on his name. He, uh, Brian Fuller, he left to do Pushing Daisies, which was awesome, by the way. Right, yes, that's what happened. And then he came back when it was canceled and the show Heroes tried to change back to the formula that it started with and didn't really work out. It was too late. At that point, it, yeah, it lost everyone. My problem with Lost, though, just going back to that, was that in the you know, final episode, the idea, it basically said everything we've been watching on the island doesn't really matter because whatever happens, they're going to end up in heaven happy with the best person for them. Right. The only thing that was missing was Patrick Duffy coming out of the shower. Yeah. Well, and I also objected to the fact that Saeed ended up with um, – oh, it's been so long now. He, he ended up with Maggie Grace instead Yeah, what's of up with, with that? That was ridiculous. With the girl who was his love of his life. Yeah, bullshit. Nadia, Utter bullshit. Right? Wasn't that her name, Nadia? <laughs> yeah, he spends the entire se- series like mooning over Nadia, and then because like there was a fan favorite little crush, they gave us that. Unfair. I mean, Maggie Grace was super hot. I, I maintain she was hotter than Evangeline Lilly on that show. I'm just saying. This episode might win for best podcast of 2007. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Now, so is tell me the title of the movie again. Dead Man's Burden. Dead Man's Burden. It's it's your first movie that you wrote and directed, is that right? Yeah, it's the first movie I wrote and directed. It's the first time really behind the camera directing anything. I produced before and, this. Got it. And and you've done a lot of stuff on the documentary side, right? Yeah, I've produced a number of documentaries and a couple narrative films before this. But, I produced uh, a documentary called Beautiful Losers, uh, Kurt Cobain about a son, Corman's World, Exploits of a Hollywood Rebel. And then I did some narrative films, a film called Lo and Behold, and a film called Silver Tongues. But so with Dead Man's Burden, this is the first time what we're doing like true fiction stuff. When I say true, I mean like not factual, but rather genuine, pure fiction that is not narrative, not dramatic. There. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is my first period piece, let's say that. And my first There you go. Around. That works. Okay, cool. See, there are some period pieces where you see it. And for me, I just get turned off really fast. Western not being one of them. But like when you bring out the giant Victorian costumes or the British accents, you pretty much lose me from and I can't even press play. Like, I don't know. That might just really? be me. Yeah, I don't know. Victorian costumes, I I just spend the whole time thinking about how uncomfortable everybody must be and how hot everybody must be, and I just I can't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, how they wear that stuff, I do not know. My trouble with Westerns, like, I just watched Django Unchained about a week ago. That's not, it's not really a Western. <laughs> no, but... You just got served, Whiskers. <laughs> well, my, my, my point was going to be that that period, it just feels so foreign but so close. I live in, I live in Denver. I right. Grew, I grew up in Colorado, so the whole western theme thing is not uh completely alien but the idea that people could think and act and talk that way just feels so far from reality that it's hard for me to connect to it yeah i mean i I think what's great about westerns though is they do try to reflect reality in a certain way it's a great it's a great mirror you know to look at what's going on in our society by taking it to a place uh, outside of it i guess it's mostly that i'm disappointed enough with us as a culture at that time that it's hard to look back and and feel good about it yeah we we were kind of dicks <laughs> not gonna lie but we you know yeah, yeah, had yeah. some good adventures and uh you know it's how we come to define ourselves in this country in a lot of ways now, do you ride horses 
I do not ride horses. Well, I do like going. I like riding horses, but I'm not like a horse rider per se. I don't own a horse. I don't do it that often. But when I have the opportunity, I will do it. I, I, I remember having ridden horses as a kid. And then on my honeymoon, we were in Mexico <laughs> and I rode a horse. And it was a very special day for me because I, I, I swam. I rode on a swimming horse, I should say. The, it was supposed to be this you know nice little horse ride through this Mexican town, but it was raining. Uh, like crazy. And so the horses and the riders were all getting soaked. And then eventually you, they're supposed to walk over this little lake, but it, because of how much rain there was, it was like up halfway up the horses and you were soaked. And then there's like a clearing where we're all hanging out. And then there's a real, like a genuine pond area to swim in. And the, the Mexican tour guides are like, hey, two of these horses know how to swim. So anybody who wants to ride on a horse that's swimming, uh, you have to ride with a sweaty, shirtless Mexican man, but you can <laughs> you can do it. And so... Sign me up. That morning, we had done another excursion. We had done another thing where we swam with dolphins, and I took a ride on a swimming dolphin. So I was like, I have to be able to tell people years later on a podcast that I have swum on both a dolphin and a horse the same day. So I grabbed that shirtless man, and I rode on a swimming horse, and it was <laughs> swum thrilling. Yeah. Swum. Is that the swam. Is that right past tense? Swam. Today I swim. Yesterday I swam. Often in the past, I have swum. So now I can say I have swum. Okay. Well. Huh? If you if you want to go grammar to grammar with me, man, I'll take you both on. That's fine. I've never ridden. A, I've never ridden a dolphin. I rode an elephant. That's um. <laughs> that's that counts. Was, that's good. I've read. I think it was at a Renaissance festival. Not not sure what an elephant was doing there, but uh, <laughs> did that. When you ride like an elephant at a zoo, what you can ride an elephant at the zoo? Yeah, some zoos, some like the Bronx Zoo in New York has elephant rides. It's about a five. You know, it's like a maybe twenty five foot circle you ride it in, but you can ride an elephant. Also, camels. Yeah, I've ridden a camel in Israel. Yeah, me too. I've done that. I in Israel? In Israel. See, when I saw your last name left out. was M-O-S-H-E, I figured, oh, he, his last name was like Moshe, so he's Jewish. But then it's Moshe with the accent. So what were you doing in Israel? I am Jewish. You're not and... allowed to be in Israel unless you have a very Jewish name is my policy. Well, I'm very, I am Jewish. I've been to Israel okay. numerous times. I actually went on uh, a Jewish – well, I've been to Israel a couple of times. I got bar mitzvahed uh, in Jerusalem and then – Thank you. It was a long time ago. Uh, and then uh, last week. Yes. And then I went to my cousin's wedding once. And then I uh, went on a what I like to call a Jew Fari, uh, <laughs> which was a Jewish singles trip to Israel. Oh, so it wasn't birthright if it was a single. No, trip. it was like birthright for older people. Are you fluent in Hebrew? No, I don't know a lick of Hebrew. Oh, all right. I was going to say we should do the rest of the show in Hebrew and see how confused Dave gets. <laughs> oh, so, so very, very confused. <laughs> I'm already confused. <laughs> What's an Israel? <laughs> Jew Fari. I want to go on one of those. So are you are you a particularly religious Jew or just one who likes to visit Israel when possible? I am a I'm not a particularly religious Jew, I would say, but I would call myself Jewish, if that makes sense. I yeah, to, that counts. You know, I, I tend to think of myself as a personal Jew. So you, but you'll eat bacon. Oh yeah, I'll eat bacon wraps and scallops <laughs> with like a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay, that's good. As yes. Dave knows, I grew up extremely observant, like strictly kosher and everything, so I have a lot of missing bacon times to make up for. Oh, I don't know how people do that. I just, I, you know, someone needs to go into the Torah and just say, like, bacon's in. Because <laughs> right. people are missing out on so much. Every time I see Lex, he's carrying a, a plate of bacon around. Right. I just, I pretty much have a bacon IV at this point, because it's a lot of missed time. Like, 23 years before, I, oh, really, 24 years before I ever had bacon. Think about how vegetarians feel. I don't know. I, I, I've had uh, somewhere... Someone once made me like a fake bacon and it was not good. And they oh. tried to pass it off as real bacon. And I was like, this is not real bacon. <laughs> was it like turkey bacon? <laughs> no, turkey bacon is turkey bacon. And that's its own thing. And I like turkey bacon. 
This was like to- okay this was like tofu bacon or something. Oh, that's oh, bullshit. Fuck that. Yeah, should not exist. We, I mean, we Agreed. we do get some of those vegetarian bacon products because my wife is still kosher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nobody nobody in this house believes that they actually taste like bacon. Like Lauren wasn't kosher and then was, and I was the opposite. So we've both had bacon just at different time periods of our lives. I'm not okay with any food masquerading as other food. Turkey bacon's okay. It tastes okay. But it's it's trying to pull some shit over on you. But it's 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 called turkey bacon. It's not the same as like here's a tofurkey where it's trying to pretend that it's turkey. Right. Like turkey bacon's just its own thing. Right. Turkey bacon owns up to its turkiness in a way that tofurkey tries not to. <laughs> right. It's like Canadian bacon. It's a different type of bacon. <laughs> so I have a gr- a very recent and exciting bacon story. My wife's birthday was recently. <laughs> oh, thank God. And my parents uh, don't know. This is the background that you need. Jared, my parents don't know that I don't keep kosher and would be very unhappy if they knew. Uh, I hope they don't listen to this podcast. If you're listening, stop listening about 20 minutes ago. So um, for my wife's birthday, my kids wanted to surprise her with a special breakfast. So while she was upstairs getting ready for the day, we snuck out and went to Dunkin' Donuts and picked up egg and cheese sandwiches on croissants and munchkins. This was what the kids wanted to do. So I ordered three regular egg and cheese and one that was egg and cheese and bacon for me. So much later in the day, we're, we're FaceTiming with my parents because they've called to say happy birthday to my wife. And my daughter's like, yeah, we surprised them. We surprised mommy. We got her munchkins and sandwiches. And they say, what kind of sandwiches? And I was trying to remember. And she says, uh, egg and cheese and bacon. And we're like, no, there was no bacon. Ha, ha, ha. We can't have that. And I was terrified that my secret was going to come out. But it didn't. We glossed over it and moved on. So I was just wondering, you were telling the story on Twitter, and I was wondering about this. How do you, how do you resolve in, in your head the, the things that you tell your kids versus the things that you yourself believe? Oh, my kids have a complete 100% understanding of my beliefs or lack thereof. But not enough to not say bacon in front of your parents? Well, no. They don't know that there are things that I don't tell my parents that we don't get into. Okay. But I mean, they know that I eat bacon. They know that I tell them, you know, the, the things they learned about that, you know, are that the Jewish stuff they read about are stories. My, my oldest and I are currently reading this extremely long Richard Dawkins books for kids about the magic of reality. It pretty much breaks it all down. So it's, they get it. Okay. I don't, okay. I don't lie to my kids. I lie to my parents. I'm not some kind of crazy person who lies to his kids. <laughs> not, not a monster. I mean, I tell them the tooth fairy is real and I'm conflicted about it, but that's the only lie I tell my kids. Oh no. Cause they'll grow up and other people will, will correct that even. Even if something happens to you. But if you tell them that, you know, about religion, then people will be very hesitant to correct them on that later. So when are you getting married, Jared? Speaking of kids. Oh, God. Don't say those words. Uh, not the marriage. <laughs> I'm very excited about the marriage. I'm just not ready for kids. Uh, November 2nd uh, is the magic day. Did you have some kind of fancy proposal? I did, actually. Uh, oh, good. Oh, there's a story. I want to hear a story. Oh, God. Okay. So, how? all right. Let me figure out. All right. So, I'm going to have to go like backstory to sort of how I met my fiance. So my, uh, my fiance, when we first met, she was working for, uh, another podcast, actually the slate political gab fest. Okay. And, um, we met at a live talk for that subscriber. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, she was Gail Sullivan. If you ever remember them talking about her. I remember her fondly. <laughs> <laughs> just go with it. Just, just own it. Yes. Love Gail. such a good liar. You're, that was I love fantastic. It. Yes. She was great. Cast me in your next Western. Continue. <laughs> she, was, uh, she was working at one of the, uh, at a live podcast talk. And we met at this event and I was living in New York and she was in DC and we became email buddies, you know, Facebook friends. And we we're just talking a lot uh, over the interweb. 
And then over Thanksgiving, I was down in D.C. and we were made plans to have uh, brunch on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, except we it, brunch turned into like an eight hour hanging out period where we like did a walking tour. D.C. has these sort of self-guided walking tours around the city where you can learn the history of the city. We did one of those. And then we ended up at a bar, the Willard Hotel Bar, um, having some drinks. And while we were there, this uh, nice older couple, um, I forget the man's name, but the woman was Debbie. They were both from Minnesota. And Debbie started telling us how uh, you have to marry your best friend. And clearly we are best friends, so we should get married. Uh, which was kind of ridiculous because this was the second time we'd ever hung out in our entire lives. <laughs> so anyway, Debbie turned out to be right. But jump forward about two years, and we've made a tradition of the Sunday after Thanksgiving to go on one of these walking tours around the city. Except this year, I decided to write Jared and Gail's walking tour of Washington, D.C. So I chose all the places that were like important to us, wrote out little blurbs about them, uh, and took her on a walking tour through the city. And then the moments where like, we had to cover long distances, I reenacted IM conversations we had. I created <laughs> Mad Libs uh, from our time together. And then I brought us back to the Willard Hotel, and that's where I proposed. Nice. It was like a five-hour proposal. And she said yes, I assume. She did. She did. What a great story. It's cool. And at the end of it, though, uh, after like planning out this perfect thing, I, I went down on two knees. <laughs> that just means you're extra serious yeah. please <laughs> marry me yeah please that's not a proposal that's that's more begging right? but but still good okay yeah i know you know you pl- you can only plan so much <laughs> I, that's that's it's cool so is it a huge wedding no we're trying to keep it at like 150 which is not small but not huge, huge. 150 thousand oh 150 yeah 150 thousand that's actually about the size fifty dollars that's about the size my wedding was about 150 people oh i couldn't do that it's a lot I, I mean, I knew like 40 of the people there. If I do ever get married, it's going to be like five people. I can't handle it. You're marrying thing. five people like all at once? Oh, yeah. in attendance. I get it. Yeah. The thing about is, is it, it, it's hard though because suddenly everyone you know is a couple. Right. Okay. So six people. <laughs> <laughs> Are you being married? Is a, is a rabbi performing the ceremony? We're doing a rabbi and a reverend. Because ah, she's not Jewish. She's not Jewish. An interfaith marriage. So have you had, had the <laughs> conversations about what rules or what? Yes. We've sort of, we both want to embrace both traditions, you know. So, for example, we celebrated Christmas and Hanukkah this year. We did a break fast and we cooked Passover dinner. Um, <laughs> you know, we're going to, and we'll give our children the opportunity to learn about both. Did you have Easter eggs at the Passover Seder? We did. <laughs> really? Well, we had a tradition. They have these. Yes, we had a variation on the Easter egg tradition at the Passover Seder. Yes, I'm loving this. That's awesome. See, my wife. We did have this mixed marriage because she came into it still being really Jewish, and I came into it being, you know, very well educated in my Jewish history and knowledge, but you know, just a, a total non-believer. You're so, a surface Jew. Yeah. So we had to figure out. You know what the like the house is kosher, but the Lex isn't, and we have a non-kosher refrigerator out in the garage and a non-kosher microwave out in the garage. We used to eat only at kosher restaurants when we lived in L.A., but now that we're in New Jersey, we eat at non-kosher restaurants too. She just only orders things that are mostly you know, that are essentially vegetarian or dairy. She makes it work that way. So it's uh, I've I've done the intermarriage thing just 
we're both ostensibly, you know, Jewish. Yeah. No, I mean, there is, it's different traditions, the same religion, different traditions, same sort right. of thing. And so that's, I mean, honestly, I, I think that the kids win when you're both, because I mean, if you're going to do gifts on everything, then they're just like the happiest and they don't have to be jealous. Like, oh, you know, Shlomo gets to celebrate Hanukkah and Christian gets to celebrate Christmas. Do you like my good religion names? And I so, did. You know, there's no jealousy. That was pretty great. Thank you. I think that there's a. I think that creates more problems How so? because instead of getting like a couple of really great gifts on Christmas, you get a bunch of shitty ones like, strewn throughout the year. No, you get eight days of gifts, and some are bigger, some are small, and then you get your Christmas gift. Tell it, Jared. Preach That's the it. way it's going to roll. But it's the same amount of money, right? No, if you're doing both both holidays, you double the spending. <laughs> <laughs> I have bad news, Jared. It's gonna yes, Christmas is going to be a very expensive time of the year. That's why we have to cut the number of kids in half. Oh, there you go. So you'll have one and a half, <laughs> or just half. <laughs> but you're not ready for kids yet you're waiting no i'm not we're not ready what are you uh, waiting for uh being ready yeah we're waiting to some yeah exactly just some time to get, don't rush him i'm with jared on this no we no, take your time. time like to be married together and hang out and travel i'm and totally see the world with you before we like i got married in 2003 and it was three years before we had kids we waited three years which at like, the time felt like a long time i feel like that sounds about right though you know you want to experience it you know, enjoy it. How old are you, Jared? Uh, I'm 34. Yeah. So yeah, you got, you got plenty of time. You can start having kids when you're uh, 55. You're yeah, still totally. very fertile. I'm good. Probably. Yeah. I hope. Keep a freezer in the garage like Lex does. Is it, would that be the kosher freezer or the non-kosher <laughs> freezer? I'm not, I, I haven't read the Torah. I don't know. Since, since your wife's not going to be Jewish, uh, it doesn't matter. You can put it in either fridge. <laughs> That's science. <laughs> That's science and religion melding. The, where the two meet. Finally. Yes. But, you know, for, for us, and this is not what you're going for, which is fine too, but our thing was we wanted to try to have our kids while we were on the younger side because I have much older parents and I felt like we were two generations apart and had a harder time relating because of that, where my wife's parents are, you know, a decade or more younger than my own, right? Um, even though she and I are the same age. So we, I wanted to try to be done with pregnancies by the time we hit 30. And it was actually, I think my wife was 31 when she delivered our youngest, but I wanted to try to have... You know, I want to I want to be younger with them so that in theory, Lauren and I will have more time in retirement when we're empty nesters and things versus still having all the kids to take care of. I kind of get that. And I'm thinking I'm 31. I'm about to turn 32. If I'm ever going to have kids, which that's not part of a plan or anything, I don't have any desire to have children. But if I'm ever going to do it, it has to be soon because I don't want to be uh, 60 and and having. I don't want to be like the old guy on the uh, the little league game or something like that. But I think you can go to your mid 30s and you won't be the old guy in the little league game. You think that's okay? But I feel like if you're mid, like I mean, okay for you, but you're 36, you have your kid, then you know you're 50. Seven when they're going through graduating from college. That's not that, you know, nowadays 57 is not that old. So what you're saying is I shouldn't feel that biological clock tick. I think you got a little bit of time. You got a little okay. bit of time. That's what I'm saying. I'm such a chick. <laughs> Dave, it's now or never is what I want to tell you. you better get in that online dating. No, I think that Dave should, should, I, no, I think Dave should adopt. I've got my freezer. I think Dave should go, I mean, not that you have bad genes. I'm just saying you should go the single father adoption route. You don't need a woman to help you do this, Dave. I have, I have a dog. That's plenty. I'm good. See, when we had a dog before we had kids, we always said, you know, this is our sort of training wheels for having kids. And parents were like, no, it's not. It's still different. But it, no, it totally is. It's having a dog is absolutely training wheels for having a kid. It's not anywhere close to the same, but it's totally the training wheels. Yeah, I have a bag of dog treats sitting on my refrigerator, and I noticed yesterday that on the back of the bag it says, "Remember to feed your pet every day." <laughs> and I thought, who isn't? Who would forget that? 
the fact that there are people that that makes me wonder. And uh, then I realized I forgot to feed my dog that day, so I went and fed her. <laughs> my, and that was the moment I realized I shouldn't be having children. <laughs> my, my wife got a uh, a pizza stone for her birthday yesterday, and uh, on the box it has a picture of the, a pizza cooking on the pizza stone, and the box says "pizza not included." <laughs> <laughs> Also, kitchen and family not included. I wonder who complained about that. Like, someone must have complained about it at one point, and they had to put it on the box. See, I was thinking, it may, you know, maybe it's just, maybe they're making a joke. Maybe the box is, but there's nothing else funny. There's nothing like, it's not in a goofy <laughs> font. It's not comic sans. Like, I have no idea what's going on. No, sans. there's some guy who's out there who made a lot of money off of suing this company by the fact <laughs> saying there was no pizza in the pizza box and there was supposed to be one. Yeah. See, as a designer, I'll just tell you that uh, what I would do is put that in the box just to be a dick. <laughs> just because I would think it was funny. And nobody would ever complain. Nobody would ever tell me to take it back <laughs> off. But I could do that and make it into a joke preemptively. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here, Dave, so we can do our uh, acknowledge this episode's fine, fine sponsors. Hey, Lex. What? <laughs> We've got... <laughs> we couldn't make it two lines into that, really? I was so proud of myself. Go ahead. I'm ready now. Hey, Lex. What? <laughs> I'm listening. Tell me. What? <clears throat> Try it again. Hey, Lex. What? We've got two sponsors today. That's like twice as many as one sponsor. That, hang on. Let me do the math. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And the first one is our, our very good friends at Smile Software. Love those guys. Smile Software. If, first of all, right away, we should get out front. If you want to go look at Smile Software stuff, go to our URL from them, smilesoftware.com slash unpro. Smilesoftware.com slash U-N-P-R-O. I had to type it myself so that I could look at things while I talked about this. Well, so, I mean, the, the, the app that you'll see right now, if, as, if you listen to this episode time-sensitively and you go to slash unpro at smilesoftware.com, they're talking about Text Expander, which is an app that I use every day for taking tiny snippets of text and making them big blocks of text instead. I use it when I'm telling potential sponsors for this show. Here's what you need to send us. I type in a little short code and then it pops out. Here's all the things you need to send us so that you can sponsor the show. The thing about it, though, I don't, I don't get why they keep advertising Text Expander because everybody I know uses it. <laughs> well, the thing is... Who's left? I think there are probably uh, some misguided listeners of this show who are normally very, very good at making decisions, as in they listen to the show, who haven't yet. We, the people we know all use text expander, but I'm worried about the people we don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose I can see that. And the thing is, well, I don't just use it for stuff like, you know, frequently pasted blocks of text, because that's, you know, there's workarounds for that. But I also use it for, A, my common typos. There are words that I always misspell, and so I haven't fixed them. Uh, I'm a bad shift key holder, so when I type, I type two capital letters in a row instead of just the one, and I have it automatically fix all of those. And then I do a ton of HTML work, so, I, you know, it, it makes my links way easy. Because you, you can get really hardcore, Dave, as you may know, as a tech I, I often, oh, you're, you're talking about this. Thing. Yeah. So I type, if I have a, a link on the clipboard i type hrf and text expander puts in the a tags it puts my link in the quotation marks and it puts the cursor because you even control where the cursor ends up puts the cursor in between the a tags so i can type whatever the link text should be i love it that's why markdowns for chumps text expander is where it's at there you know i want to talk about their one of their other products though because I, everybody loves text expander that's great uh and we want you to go buy it if you don't already have it but uh one of the other products pdf pen pro kind of saved our bacon a couple days ago 
Yes, you're abs- you're absolutely right. We uh, and I know how much you love bacon. You were opening a bank account for unprofessional. By the way, I love my debit card that says Lex- Alexander Friedman unprofessional underneath it. I love that. I almost tweeted a picture of mine and then immediately realized that would be a bad idea. <laughs> but uh, I was on the bus and you were at the bank. I was, and the uh, the banker he he was trying to to figure out how we could get this stuff done. I'm like, well, my friend, he's not he's not near uh, a, a computer. He's he's on the bus right now, but I can have him if you send him the forms, he can sign them and send them right back. And his response was, he has a printer on the bus. Yeah, and I, I had to not. explain, no, he has an app called PDF Pen Pro, and I actually took the app out and I gave him a quick demo. Here's how you can open a PDF, and you can use your finger to sign things. You can annotate, and you can. Uh, send them back over email to the person who sent them to you or to whomever. And uh, yeah, a short, a short time later, he had the document signed from you and was a little bit blown away. Yeah, he was he was flummoxed by how far technology had gone while he was still working at a bank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one other sponsor we should talk about. Um, the dickiest thing. Well, I don't think he listens. Uh, no, it's just, just the way you said it. This, this is, their, this is um, File Transporter's Third time sponsoring the show, the transporter, uh, the invented, yeah, invented by the same people who made the Drobo, so you know they know hard drives. And uh, anybody who sponsors the show three weeks in a row is a, is a friend of mine. Uh, and this is a very clever product and something that our listeners should check out. So right, I like to get the URLs out right in front. Go to filetransporter.com slash unprofessional. Uh, and Dave, you and I both have these. They sent one of them to each of us. It's this sort of triangular prism doohickey. You it's, can order it's it. It's kind of, um, it's like a monolith at the top, but a circle at the bottom. <laughs> yes. It's sort of like the mullet of hard drives, but, um, LA face with an Oakland booty. <laughs> so you can order it with or without a hard drive inside. You can put your own two and a half inch drive in if you want. But the idea is this is network storage that you plug into your router. And it also is your own private Dropbox. So you drag files onto the transporter icon on your desktop, and then they're magically also available in the cloud without your having to do anything. And I love it when things are magically available in the cloud. Yeah. We use it. We use it for uh, transferring files back and forth to do this show. I use it uh, to do musical collaboration stuff. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's like having my own little Dropbox. I don't have to worry about other weirdos looking at my stuff or other people spilling drinks on a keyboard somewhere and frying a server. Because that's how servers work. <laughs> exactly. But their big thing is that um, there's there's no limit to what you can do with it. You know, you're only limited by the size of the drive you put in there. But you can share as much as you want. You can use however much bandwidth you want. You can share with as many people as you want. And there's there are no fees. The only thing you pay for is your transporter. And then once you own your transporter, it's yours to do with as you please. So what you're saying is the only thing that matters is size. That's I'm saying size is the one thing that matters. So here's, here's what oh, you can do, Dave. First of all. What can I do? You can buy if you go to filetransporterstore.com. That's where you go to actually buy the thing. Uh, you can get the the empty one where you put in your own two and a half inch drive. That's one hundred ninety nine dollars. Well, let me tell you this: you can also get one with a one terabyte drive inside. One terabyte drive. I bet that costs at least three hundred and two dollars. It's actually just two hundred ninety nine dollars. So you were close, but what? Wrong. And if you double it, if you double up to two terabytes, how much do you think then? Four hundred and seventeen dollars and ninety five cents. Close again. It's three ninety nine. But here's the thing: those are <sighs> the those are the retail prices. That's what that's what chumps on the street pay for an, uh, a transporter. Our listeners can save ten percent on the transporter if they use the discount code unprofessional all lowercase 
uh, when they're checking out of filetransporterstore.com. So to learn about it, go to filetransporter.com slash unprofessional. That helps. Now, when you're ready to buy it, you're going to use the promo code, the discount code unprofessional, save 10%. So you're saving anywhere from 20 to 40 bucks. That's uh, a lot of money. That's a lot of iTunes music to buy. You know, you know what? That's enough money to buy. What's it enough money to buy? It, if you're saving $20, yeah. that's enough to buy an unprofessional T-shirt. Hey, you know what? I remember this one time when unprofessional started selling T-shirts, and then everybody on the internet immediately started selling T-shirts in the week, to, the week that followed. Yeah, what was up with that? That was weird. Well, we're trendsetters. Uh, and the, frankly, the people who started the who, – who made it go from us to a trend were, were Marco and John Syracuse. <laughs> it sounds like they're married. Marco Arment and John Syracuse. <laughs> and you can't have two finer guys kick off a, a – you know, make, it, make your thing into a trend. And let's face it. They, they, were, they were big on the internet before our oh, show wait, ever yeah. came along. So they, they win even if, even, if they, uh, even if they don't. We've got men and – we've got shirts for men and women at unprofesh.com slash shirts. Uh, they cost $20. We try to do you right on the shipping so that if you buy multiple shirts, you don't have to pay like crazy, insane shipping charges. Uh, and if while you're at unprofesh.com slash shirts buying shirts, you should also pick up our special premium episode. Uh, if you go to unprofesh.com slash EPS, E-P-S, you can buy our premium episode with none other than Amy Jane Smith. I think that's her name. Mm, it's something like that. It was recorded live in front of an, uh, let's, let's call it a studio audience. In Dublin, Ireland. That's correct. At the Ool Conference. So that's, the Ool you know, Conference. this is an experiment. You can read about it. You can read about it on unprofesh.com. We won't go into the whole thing here, but go We're check out that think. episode. And it's a dollar. You can hear it. You'll never hear it unless you pay for it or steal it. Yeah, and we're uh, we're gonna keep doing little things like this. We're gonna keep trying experiments. We're gonna keep trying to. Well, uh, let's let's be honest. We're gonna keep trying to come up with ways to get your money. We're gonna keep trying to come up with fun things for you people because we love you all. Very that's much. exactly right. That's exactly right. Let's get back to the show. Sure. <laughs> and we're back. Uh-huh. Well, let me ask you this. When you're not making movies or promoting them, what do you do for fun? Ah, uh, well, I, uh, I was very into the NFL draft last week. I can say that. Really? Yeah. yeah. There's a freezer in his garage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, see, I'm a huge... Dave does not care for organized sports at all. I'm a mm-hmm. big NFL fan. I don't sports. Right. And I think the draft is mostly boring. I'm the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, it's uh, it is totally boring, but it was some reason very distracting this year. I mean, usually I don't give two shits about it, but this year, for some reason, I got very into the hype and I don't know why. I mean, it is a total joke. They judge, you know, it's like you see these grades. It's like you're grading someone on like handing in a paper. Right. And it's totally nonsense because you have no idea how they're going to perform. Yeah. And it's it's so stupid. Uh, But so wait, who is your team? Uh, I'm a Jets fan. Me too. (laughs) <laughs> how, well, so the question is, how are you a Jets fan? Did you inherit it from your father? Uh, no. I, my, my father is actually like, a, he was a Colts and a Ravens fan now. And I, I, I sort of inherited that. Like, I do like the Ravens if, I have, if I'm not rooting for the Jets. But I, you know what? I think because everyone likes the Giants and I was contrarian <laughs> growing up. I am going to be a New York sports team fan. I'm moving to New York. So I'm just going to, I understand that if I'm going to be there, I have to adopt all of the local sports teams. It's just to fit in. I'm okay with that. But you're going to have to choose which, I mean, Jets versus Giants, Mets versus Yankees, Nets versus right. Knicks. It's, all of them. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> just gonna, I love them all. Equally. <laughs> That's not yeah. allowed. You can't People do don't, that. Yeah, They're you like, can't do that. You just can't. Well, I think I'd have to go Mets because uh, they don't win. <laughs> and I feel bad for them. You could just do Mets, Jets, and Nets because they rhyme. Ooh, I, I like never that. even noticed that. Is that on purpose that they rhyme? I have no like, clue. Did the third one pick their name because it rhymed with the first two? Oh, man. Now i got to find oh, out. Now we'll remember their names. <laughs> right, Mets, Nets, and Jets. You could totally do that. 
Oh, that's perfect. And you can Thanks. you no can problem. some kind of mnemonic device to remember which one plays which sport. <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, Nets. Nets, Nets basketball. Right. Nets yeah, basketball. Net. That's probably why they're the Nets. And then the Jets, like they a jet flies through the air just like a football does. That's Unlike <laughs> a baseball, which like stays baseball. only on the ground. <laughs> um, like the baseball has just met the ground again. See, it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I'm an Eagles fan well because my dad's an Eagles fan. And, you know, when I lived in L.A., I could never watch the games because I wasn't going to pay for DirecTV because I was poor and cheap. Now I'm just cheap. But I, now that I'm cough, in cough. New Jersey, we get the Philadelphia channels, although we don't get the HD versions of the Philadelphia Fox. So if it's a National Eagles game, I can watch it in HD. But if it's if the Giants game takes precedence, then I have to watch the crappy SD channel for the football game. And once you've watched football in high definition, watching football in standard definition is just horrible. It's like watching Tecmo Bowl. And, poor thing. Yeah, I'm saying I suffer for my team. And uh, the the other problem of living in New Jersey, which doesn't have a football team to call its own, even though both New York football teams play in New Jersey, um, everybody here roots for the Giants. Everybody I know roots for the Giants who are, in, Dave, you don't know this, but they are like the Eagles arch nemesis. They are. A division rival. So it's it's kind of annoying that everybody I know, and my daughter, my oldest daughter, roots for the Giants because that's what her friends at school root for. So she always says, boo, Eagles, yay, Giants, whatever football games. Even if like a basketball game is on, if she sees the TV on, she says, hey, yay, Giants, boo, Eagles. I'm laughing because the imagery, as a non-sports person, the imagery of actual Eagles and actual Giants is what comes into my head when you say these words. Now, are you, are you, are you, picturing, are you picking like picturing uh, giant Eagles or just regular sized Eagles? Regular eagles flying into the faces of giants. I think the giants would win. Probably, but the eagles would be spry. They would, but they have to like hit. You know, they grab your face. You know, they have to touch you as soon as they get close. Those big giant hands will probably be able to stop them. <laughs> well, this is this is like an X-wing versus Death Star kind of thing, right? Where <laughs> if if you just go straight for the eye. I think with enough eagles, they could take down a giant. It depends on how many there are, I guess, is what it comes down to. I mean, right. certainly, I think a giant eagles, I think, could beat any giant hands down. But regular size eagles, you need a lot. But why do the eagles get more of them? I mean, why? Why? Why can't? Why isn't it like a football team versus a football team? Yeah, I mean, but wouldn't it, twelve wouldn't it be, eagles uh, by mass, by total mass of the team? <laughs> I'm just saying, twelve regular size eagles versus twelve giant size giants. <laughs> yeah. Regular size for a giant. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think that I don't think that's fair at all. I think that it's got to be like so many eagles per giant. It should be like a, a by mass or volume kind of a thing. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I really do think it's, <laughs> you know, it's not like you you can put like you can't have a football team and put a bunch of skinny guys on it. You know, you can I, have like thirty skinny guys against twelve fat guys. Well, no, because those are human beings. I'm just saying, but it's not a volume sport. No sport well, goes by it's volume. It's more or less, more or less volume. Yes, there's going to be fluctuation, but it's all pretty big dudes. That's true. I will say, though, that now I understand why Dave would like to root for the Jets, because they're going to beat the Giants. They can just, like, <laughs> fly right, right through them. them, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Jets would just probably, you know, destroy They anyone. probably don't even have to drive. I mean, they don't probably have to fly. They can just taxi along the field. <laughs> Although, I don't know that you can fit 12 Jets on the field at a time, so that might be a It problem. depends on the size of the field. I'm glad we're figuring this out, though. This is important. <laughs> I mean, there's there's already Giants. I feel like we should make room. I was thinking of very, very skinny giants, but you're right. <laughs> sure, the giants could just be tall. They don't have to be big. Yeah. Then you run into problems with uh, the teams that, like the Browns. <laughs> I, I uh, you don't want to know what I picture names. when you just say the Browns. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you see, like some of, some, even know some names be. are really hard, like Patriots or 49ers. Like, what do you do? Oh, 49ers I, is a minor. I, I, those both refer to human beings. beings. Right. It's. You know, can you hold on for one second, actually? Sure. Someone's at sure. the door. That's allowed. 
I'm reading I'm reading about this movie and now I kind of want to be in a western. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm back. So so this isn't professional for you exactly because it's more about Dave's burgeoning career, but Dave has wondered now what would it take for him to get into a western? What I, I think that you completely uh changed what I just said. What skills does Dave need to star in a western? Is what Dave <laughs> wants to know. Well, does Dave look well, like he belongs in the 19th century? <laughs> yes. I I I could grow a fancy mustache. Actually, that's not true. But wardrobe, uh, makeup people could do something with that, I'm sure. You should try that. I mean, it's the mustache. It's the look on the face. There's, there's... Oh, I don't think I'm weathered enough. Yeah, well, you get to go out and sunburn yourself a couple, for a couple of years. That could work. I moisturize. Yeah. I've got a whole moisturization regimen. I don't think I could do this. Well, that's, you have to stop that. What about, uh, okay, let me think. Can you ride a horse? I can ride an elephant. That doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, you know, what is... It's pretty much the same thing. Well, right? don't you ride a horse bareback? Me? I mean, let me try again. Don't you ride an elephant bareback? There was no, no saddle they, on the elephant, was there? I think so. Well, because they've got those like, like pointy hairs. No, oh, so you know more about elephants than I do. That would, that would I, I'm guessing that would be uncomfortable. So then maybe he can ride a horse. Is that a requirement? Well, you, yeah. I mean, you don't want to look like a bad idiot on a horse. I mean, that's just that's, that's it's not going to work. And with with high def, you don't want to like do the whole uh, stunt guy thing anymore. No, 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 no. People will. Oh wait, in a western, do you have to? Do you have to be able to do the thing where you lift up the one foot into the one stirrup and then you flip yourself onto the horse without any stool or anything? Because I don't think I could do that. Well, no, you can cut to people get being on the horse. You don't have, we don't have to get you. We don't have to show you mounting and dismounting. A lot of actors can't do that. I think Russell Crowe couldn't do that. Oh, good. If Russell Crowe can't do it, then I don't care if I can't do it. Do you feel like because of what you do that you have to you can't say negative things like you did you did criticize the ending of Lost but you were you were quick to praise most of it too like do, do you have to be hesitant about <laughs> criticizing people in the industry um, or can you say Russell Crowe boy that guy's a douche Russell Crowe is a great actor is what I would say <laughs> <laughs> that's so very political very diplomatic I like that yes I'm, I like to be that way you know I'm not going to try to insult anybody but <laughs> I will. Uh, accidentally insult someone? i might accidentally insult someone but it's always in good good humor i try to do that but it still sounds like i'm doing it on purpose and just apologize after everything <laughs> that's my uh that's my default status my default uh mode just constantly apologizing for everything i do and you're sorry for that i imagine no no that is the one thing i feel okay about. <laughs> i'm sorry to hear that i feel like you know i would if if somebody came to me and said hey lex we want to make you uh be a new hilarious tv star i would be okay with it but i worry that i've said too many obnoxious things about famous people on twitter so i've pretty much shot my chance before it even happened do you really think those famous people are going to go back and read your twitter history i think think somebody gives a shit i think somebody nobody cares some reporter no when i become or especially if you want to be a political like if you run for office they're gonna go through all the yeah they're gonna care but in hollywood they don't give a shit i guess Everybody know. talks shit about everybody. It's they, fine. They publish behind stories each about, other's back. Yeah, right. right. Not publicly. I did it publicly. No, it was behind their back on Twitter. Right, because they they're too big. They to didn't follow. follow you. Right. Well, unless it's an anonymous Twitter, you could do that. Oh yeah, go. I could just change my Twitter name, and then it's like no one could ever crack that mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done it. <laughs> Congratulations. All right. So if your next film is a murder mystery, just have them delete their tweets, and that's how they can escape. It's going to be, my next one is just going to be uh, a murder mystery on Twitter. Uh, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to, the camera's just going to be on like the Twitter news feed and it's going to constantly be going down. Can my avatar be in that? Yes, you can. <laughs> Sweet. My big break. Be perfect.
I'll Photoshop a cowboy hat onto it. I've decided that as a fan of Westerns, you totally should have said that you root for the Cowboys. Oh, God, I don't root for the Cowboys. Uh, How can I root for the Cowboys? No, you couldn't. They're a horrible team, and they or, deserve or the, to be the Broncos. I prefer to root for the Broncos than the Cowboys. Right. Now, with the Buffalo Bills, is the Bill anything, or is it just like it's meant to be alliterative with Buffalo? Because their logo is like supposed to be a cow, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know where it's the be bi- a Buffalo. It's, it's a Buffalo. It's a Buffalo from Buffalo, right. and they just gave it a name. Maybe the name is Bill. Well, Buffalo Bill was an American, I don't want to say hero, but right. figure. But but they uh, can't all be him. Who lived in Colorado. He's actually buried here. Have you ever heard that incredible sentence about Buffalo that uses the word Buffalo a whole lot of times? The sentence no. is Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. And that is an actual grammatical sentence that means a thing. Basically meaning that... that, that what you Tell me, what does it mean? I always wonder. It, it means that Buffalo from the, the area of Buffalo, New York, who uh, mess with... Uh, other buffalo from, from that buffalo. same town. Oh, okay. Also, themselves like to mess with other buffalo from that region. It's it's a very stupid sentence. It doesn't mean much, but it is a functional sentence. Yeah, and how are you ever going to use that in like a conversation or a piece of writing? I just did <laughs> by describing as it what it is. Oh, not that's actually... all you can do with it. No, yeah. there's no use. The sentence itself would be a great icebreaker. Like you see, uh, you see a girl at a party, just walk up and start saying buffalo until she walks away. <laughs> <laughs> or if she knows what you're into and just starts responding with buffaloes, <laughs> and then you're set. You might have met your match. And then I just back away slowly. <laughs> you know, you were talking about how you got excited about the draft. You got caught up in the draft this year. I just love how crappy most off-season football news is. I'm on NF- I'm on the Buffalo Bills website right now, and there's a giant red header that says "Breaking News." Breaking news: The Bills preseason contest against the Washington Redskins on August 24th has been changed from 4 p.m. to 4:30 p.m. <laughs> Well, that's really important because someone's probably some season ticket holder who doesn't want to go to that game and is really trying oh to get rid of that ticket now and has to know how to sell it better. Seriously. That's a preseason. God, that's breaking news, everybody. That's all. It's better than being a Jets fan where everything is just like has the word Tebow in it. You know, it's just like they will just say something. Any, It'll be like something happened. You know, we're changing the ticket time. Will Tebow be there? You know, we're doing this. You know, some other player, you know, just got drafted. Will he compete with Tebow? It's like everything is Tebow because Tebow drives up the hits. And next thing you know, it's, you know, you're getting much more money. You guys should just start saying Tebow on your podcast is what I'm telling you. That's a good point. Yeah. How many buffaloes to a jet? <laughs> are we doing this by mass again? Or are we trying to actually fit a buffalo in a jet? Is the question, right. If the question is how many buffalo can you fit in a jet, I'm going to say all the buffalo. Man, some of these could get like weirdly racist if you did uh, Buffaloes versus Redskins. Well, that's because the Redskins are a racistly named team. Well, no, but if they're if they're actively attacking Buffalo, that feels like uh, even more racist. Yeah, I think if you make a Redskin actively attacking anything, it feels racist. Ooh, how about the Redskins versus the Patriots? Do the Patriots have smallpox infested blankets? <laughs> 